we do here, the service we provide for the community is more crucial than ever, and you make it possible. Thank you so much for supporting your community radio station. Namaste, and welcome to Bodhi Talk, where the intention is to inform, inspire, and empower each of us to wake up to who we really are. Not human beings having a spiritual experience, but spiritual beings having a human experience. My name is Doug Bell, and today on Bodhi Talk, breath awareness is our topic. Now, in order to pursue the goal that I've been talking about in the year 2020, uh, the goal for this year as to 2020 vision, we need to practice holistic concepts. And, and, and again, I'm intending to just sort of uh, go over a lot of the very basic holistic concepts and uh, uh, different concepts that may be very useful in uh, developing greater clarity in how we're perceiving ourselves in relation to those around us. And again, ultimately, the goal is recognizing our spiritual beingness and the interrelatedness of all being that we share and to cultivate the kind of joy, happiness, inner peace that results from that perspective. This is kind of a transcendental process where we sort of rise above the, uh, uh, well, all of the chaos and confusion of the world around us, which I don't think is ever going to really change, but how we look at it, that's the key. That's the 2020 vision, the clear perspective. So again, back to the holistic concepts that I'll be presenting, focusing on today. Today we're going to focus on the, the breathing. Um, remember holistic, um, well, what I mean by that, at least, is the uh, capacity to balance, strengthen, harmonize all levels of our being, mind, body, heart, and soul. And this is actually something that I, I keep saying. It, it used to be like the lunatic fringe that was getting into this back in the 70s. Now it's become mainstream, but I always uh, uh, sort of uh, feel a kind of... Uh, well, almost a discouragement that there isn't enough emphasis on that spiritual component. And the breath is really something that begins to open us up to that. In fact, the word for breath in many languages is synonymous with spirit, like even in English. Uh, you take a breath in, we inspire, and we take the breath out, expiration, inspiration. The... Uh, essence of that word, spirit, is what we're really dealing with. And it's, it's really sort of uh, resonating with the energy that makes up our essential being, our, our nature as spiritual beings and energy bodies. It's another way of understanding who we are. Um, as long as this energy, some, some cultures have names for it. In India, they call it prana and the Chinese culture, it's called qi or qi, um, but that's more than just the oxygen, more, more than just the air, it's this vital force that's within the breath. And so uh, it's, a, 
It's an area that involves uh, a great deal of complexity, but we, let's just try to keep it simple today. Uh, just uh, understanding that uh, there's just so many areas in our life that really draw upon the uh, the need to have some control, really, over the breathing. Anything using the voice, uh, whether it's public speaking or singing, uh, anybody who's trained in those practices is going to have some focus upon uh, breathing with the diaphragm, from the diaphragm. And I'm going to get into that a little bit <coughs> later. But um, So there's also any, of course, playing a wind instrument. It's a, there's a great deal of control necessary in maintaining the capacity to, uh, whether it's a reed instrument or uh, a brass instrument, the, the controlling of the breath is very important. If that's irregular, if it's, if it's weak, uh, the music is going to suffer as a result. Uh, and then you get into weightlifting, or well, well, athletics in general. Weightlifting, there's a lot of focus on uh, breathing. Like when you're uh, pressing the weight up or out, it's uh, with an exhalation, an inhalation as you're uh, releasing, uh, lowering the weights. Uh, and But there's a very specific aspect of uh, how we breathe. And as far as athletics, uh, we've all heard of aerobic activity, aerobic exercise. Uh, and aerobic is actually where we're utilizing the oxygen within the breath in such a manner that uh, we're keeping a balance, and uh, it gets a little bit technical. I don't want to get too involved in the technicalities of all this, but uh, when we're moving into non-aerobic activity, which would be intense weightlifting, uh, then there's a whole different kind of a process going on. And one thing that I learned, uh, uh, actually in my grad school, uh, I had a, like a full year on the science of breath, uh, it's an unusual program that I went to. Obviously, this is not the sort of thing that would ordinarily be studied. But uh, just the depth of understanding the uh, the way in which we breathe um, and in exercise, what I was taught was that when I'm doing some sort of aerobic activity, to keep breathing through the nose rather than breathing through the mouth. That actually helps us maintain an aerobic level where we're not uh, producing uh, sort of toxic elements that uh, really are very discomforting, uh, to say the least. And I had an experience one year with that where I was... Uh, I had been pretty uh, sedentary um, through the winter months and... Spring came, beautiful day, I decided to take a bike ride, and I was going up a long hill, and I was plugging away, and uh, I was conscious of how I was breathing. At first, I was breathing easily with my, just through my nose, but then as it uh, became, well, a little more difficult getting up a uh, longer and longer hill, I, I found myself breathing with my mouth, and I thought, wow, that's interesting, it's... Uh, I'm not really able to breathe with my nose. I have to breathe uh, just to get the oxygen I need, the air I need. And what I found was that, actually not just a few hours later, but uh, even for the next day or so, uh, I felt really wiped out. Um, 
and it was because of like the the toxins uh, that were produced in the uh, non-aerobic activity. Uh, so I had a very direct experience. I won't get into the details of what was going on there, but uh, I just knew from my experience that I was breathing more efficiently with my nose and my body was in a more balanced state. But when I forced myself with heavy breathing through the mouth uh, uh, to just not breathe through the nose anymore, that uh, that became problematic. Um, so, and also in the martial arts, uh, there's a lot of emphasis on breathing. Anybody who's studied uh, uh, karate or uh, judo or aikido or uh, tai chi, uh, a master of those arts is going to always emphasize awareness of the breath. And that's, that's really where the power is. Um, and of course, in yoga practices and meditation, uh, any kind of meditational practice I've ever been uh, guided through, the breath was a fundamental, uh, foundational part of the process. And also, uh, well, working with counseling issues, uh, stress management, any kind of stress management I've ever uh, studied has included awareness of the breathing. Uh, so really, nothing is more essential than the breath. Uh, I mean, if you consider how we can go without eating for quite a few days, uh, without drinking water for actually not that long, maybe some hours or so without starting having ill effects. But breath, uh, you can't go more than, well, some people can hold their breath for over a minute or two, but uh, beyond that, you're in serious danger. So breath is really essential. And uh, we're going to talk a bit later about breath awareness, that uh, using it in a kind of uh, mindfulness process through the, throughout the day. But um, just to talk a little bit about the anatomy and physiology of breathing first. The, uh, of course... Uh, we take air in through the nose, and it goes down uh, the uh, trachea into the lungs. And um, But the actual muscle of breathing is the diaphragm, which is a, sort of a, a flat muscle that forms the floor to the lungs and the heart and the ceiling to the abdominal organs. And it's in a dome, upward dome positioning when it's relaxed, and it flattens out when we inhale as the lungs move downward, the diaphragm sort of pulls the lungs downward, and that's where the belly is pushed out, which is why we sometimes call this belly breathing. But it's really the diaphragm that is doing the work. And a lot of people know where the diaphragm is, but um, um, I find that most people don't really understand the actual mechanism, how the diaphragm functions as the muscle behind it. However, we could breathe with the chest and not even use the diaphragm, and instead use the muscles between the ribs, which are called intercostal muscles. And that is what happens sort of automatically when we're in that fight-or-flight mechanism, uh, when we need to uh, attend to uh, a stressful situation, whether it's, uh, well, somebody about to attack us or uh, uh, a scary situation on the road, driving and 
well, everything sort of tightens up, and that's including the belly. The belly tightens, which is forcing the rib cage to swell and uh, breathe with without using the diaphragm. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of other things that are happening. There's adrenaline coursing through the system to give us an increased uh, burst of energy, um, as well as these hydrocorticoid uh, chemicals that uh, give us a little more focused clarity and uh, help us do what we need to do, fight, flight, or freeze. And and so the... Uh, the breathing, back to the anatomy and physiology, the nose itself is very uh, interesting. It's fascinating, actually. It's not just a tube through which the air flows. It's actually got a lot of complicated uh, structures called, uh, well, there's bony structures called conchi, like the conch shell. Uh, and they're also referred to as turbinates. Like think of a the, the turbine, uh, like in a jet, and all these folded uh, uh, structures and and it's all lined with the mucous membrane, which uh, that tissue is actually constantly becoming engorged on one side. One nostril is engorged while the other is disengorged, and then it just reverses. It goes back and forth. When we're really in a balanced state, it's about a ninety-minute cycle. And What's uh, it's fascinating though? This is actually the the mucous membrane tissue lining the nostrils is actually erectile tissue, and there's an interesting phenomenon called the honeymoon nose, which is where, uh, and just as the genitalia are engorged with blood during sex, also the nasal passageways. Uh, when we're in sexual encounters, uh, that both nostrils can become very. Uh, well, it feels like there's a stuffed nose, but it's really, it's not mucus, it's the, the, the blood filling the tissues in both nostrils, uh, becoming engorged. Just an interesting side note there. Uh, but to understand that the nose is uh, a very important function. function. There's a uh, filtering of the air, uh, kind of an air conditioning, cooling in the summer, warming in the cooler months, and uh, but there's also uh, nervous membrane tissue, uh, nerve endings, I'd say, uh, along these uh, uh, mucous membranes lining the, the nose, which are directly connected with the part of the brain that is uh, regulating emotion. So it's important to keep breathing all the time through the nose. Um, now I'm going to go over some breathing exercises, but first we're going to take a break and Deuter will be playing in the background. You're listening to Bodhi Talk on WJFF. In times of uncertainty, you might be listening to Radio Catskill a little more than usual. You know you can come here for comfort and community. Radio Catskill is made possible thanks to the generous support of listeners like you. Please give at wjffradio.org now. Your support makes a difference. Okay, welcome back to Bodhi Talk. And again, we're talking today about breathing and how it can be used to, well, ultimately what we're really talking about is 
clarifying our vision, 2020 vision, and that's the theme for the year. And in this context, uh, again, this is really one of the holistically oriented practices that I'm recommending, and we're going to get into uh, just a few exercises that whatever we have time for today. Uh, mainly uh, diaphragmatic breathing, which is the, uh, well, in the yoga tradition, all the breathing exercises are essentially done while breathing diaphragmatically. Um, and that's something that uh, I just described the, uh, the anatomy of that, how that happens, but it, it often requires some attention to practice that. Um, one way is to simply place uh, your hands one uh, just uh, between the navel and the sternum, the upper belly, and the other hand over the middle of the chest, and just pay attention as you sit or lie down um, how movement beneath your hands is occurring, noticing whether it's shallow or deep, whether it's regular or irregular, and noticing particularly how the hands are moving. If the hand over the chest is moving and the hand over the belly is not, then that means at least at this moment you're, you're a chest breather. And that's what we want to get away from because, as I mentioned, the, the breathing is associated with the uh, nervous system and the emotional aspect. And if we're breathing with the chest, we're sort of giving the message that there's something to fight or flee from. And uh, some people have kind of a free-floating anxiety uh, and what I find in people that do have like a generalized anxiety disorder, GAD, uh, there's often a tendency to breathe with the chest and not so much with the, uh, the diaphragm or the belly. So that requires some practice and work on just that. There's a, a relaxation posture called the crocodile, uh, which sort of forces our body to uh, breathe as we're supposed to with the diaphragm. Uh, and of course, now, uh, if you know the di- or if you know the crocodile, that's, that's a good way to practice. And I, I don't have the wherewithal to guide you through that right now. It'd be better with a, a video. But on radio, that would be limited. So again, the diaphragmatic breathing is the foundation. Uh, just the way all the other breathing exercises are done. The one exercise I'd like to focus on uh, mainly today, and maybe another one if we have time, is the alternate nostril breathing. This is one that you may already be familiar with this, or you may have heard about it. It's where the, the well, traditionally, the ring finger of the right hand and the thumb of the right hand are used, and the, the index and middle finger are either placed... Uh, just between the eyebrows or tucked into the palm of the hand. And this is where you, you're gently closing off. I usually start with an exhalation out the right nostril. So I would use the left ring or the, the ring finger of the right hand to close the left nostril and just breathe out through the right nostril. And then I would use the thumb to close off the right nostril very gently. This isn't a lot of pressure, just enough to restrict the flow pretty thoroughly with each nostril. And so you're breathing in through the left nostril. And then, again, close the left, open the right, exhale through the right, 
and then inhale left. And then a third exhalation right, inhalation left. And then keeping that right nostril closed, exhale through the left and then inhale through the right. And you do that again two more times. So the process is where you're exhaling right, inhale left three times, and then exhale left, inhale right three times. That's followed with three breaths through both nostrils. And that would be one cycle. And we would then do two more cycles altogether. Things are usually done in sets of three in the yoga tradition. So uh, three sets where you're breathing in and out, left, right, left, right, and then right, left, right, left, three times. And three breaths through both nostrils. That's one set. And you re repeat that two more times. So that's something to practice because, it, and it's, it's very, uh, this is one of the most uh, beneficial of all the, the breathing exercises. It's, it's one, I, I, I'd have to say that there have been very few days that I've not done this, uh, sometimes twice a day. Uh, I usually start out the day with, uh, oh, maybe about 20 minutes of breathing exercises. And this is the main one. There's a few others that I do. Uh, and I'll get into one more. Uh, but let me just say a little bit more about that. What uh, one of the teachers that I had in teaching the alternate nostril breathing, which, by the way, in Sanskrit, the term describing this is nadi shodhanam. Nadi means the channels through which energies, energy flows, prana flows. And there's actually a lot of nadis in the system. Um, the main one is the uh, corresponds with the spinal column, and then there's two other main nadis that sort of intersect back and forth, uh, up and down the spinal column, actually intersecting at each of the chakras, uh, and those are the left and right vagus nerves. Uh, and then there's a whole network of thousands of other nadis, and so it's those channels are the shodhanam. Nadi Shodhanam. Shodhanam means purification. So what this exercise is, is intended to do is to sort of purify, cleanse, open up, and just uh, bring about a balance in the flow of prana through all of these uh, passageways. And anyway, this teacher was saying that uh, if anybody's experiencing depression or anxiety, uh, this particular practice would be uh, very helpful. Every day doing this, over time, the anxiety will diminish and the depression, the lower, low mood will lift up and release the depressed nature. And so another exercise is the complete breath, which is where you're exhaling, again, diaphragmatically, as much air as you can, very slowly, and then filling your lungs as fully as you can. And then exhale, again, three times, and you can do three sets of that as well. So what it is that we're doing is cultivating the capacity to sort of strengthen our uh, the power of our breath and to focus on 
breath awareness throughout the day is uh, it's a good practice. So what we're going to do now is our Namaste booster. Again, Deuter will be playing in the background. and So I'd like you to just become present right here, right now. And become aware of your breath. Notice the rhythmic flow of your breathing. And if you can allow that to become a little more diaphragmatic, perhaps a little deeper than you normally breathe, not deep breathing, but just a gentle, not a shallow breathing, where the breath is just flowing in and then flowing out with almost imperceptible gap between the in and out breaths. And then just notice a kind of letting go occur, letting go of physical tension, tightness in muscles in the body, but letting go also of any concerns of the past or the future, allowing yourself to be much more present here and now. And in this moment, witnessing. Without observing or without evaluating, just observing what is, as it is, without the good, bad, right, wrong, supposed to be, not supposed to be, just being present, being observant, in the moment. And if you can hear a sound of so as you inhale, hum as you exhale, that may be a further anchoring of your mind, something to keep your mind focused on that flowing breath. So as you inhale, hum as you exhale. Just keep that flowing. And allow yourself to develop a, a resolve, kind of a determination to bring this kind of breath awareness into the, the busyness of your life. Every now and then, just watch your breath and become more attentive to whatever you may be doing as you do so, finding that the breath can enhance your experience now. And now as you bring yourself to alertness, again become aware of where you are in time and space, Take a few deeper breaths and connect. And remember to practice not only the awareness of your breathing, but a, a time to just be present for maybe five or ten minutes, even longer. Practice is the key. So now I'd like to thank Ron Penska for engineering today's show. And thanks to Jay Merrill for the Bodhi Talk theme music. And especially thanks to you for listening and for supporting WJFF Public Radio. And remember, be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Namaste. This week's On the Media, the paranoia energizing the American right has old roots. 
very old. All conspiracy theories tend to have some similar structures. You've heard this song before. This is not an original. 2,000-year-old fringe thinking reborn on this week's On the Media from WNYC. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. It's tough times for working musicians these days, and next time on The Wagon Load of Monkeys with me, Graham Rice, here on WJFF Radio Catskill, we'll be hearing the music of singer and academic Faye Heald and her thoughts of life as a professional maker of music. Join me, please, on Sunday afternoon at 3. Support for Bookworm comes from One Grand Books in Narrowsburg your local independent bookstore. Discover your next great read in person Thursday through Sunday, online at onegrandbooks.com or with a virtual book browsing appointment. Details at 845-252-3541. One Grand Books. And from listeners like you who donate at wjffradio.org. Funds for Bookworm are provided in part by Lannan Foundation. From KCRW and KCRW.com, I'm Michael Silverblatt, and this is Bookworm. And today I have the honor of having as my guest um, a writer who I think of as being one of the very best writers living in America. That's Charles Baxter. And we're talking about his new book, his sixth novel, 